0: And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.
2: TDN Fantasy. The TDN
0: Fantasy Podcast. Podcast. With your hosts Paige Demakos, Jamie
2: Eisner, and Jake Arians.
1: Welcome into the TDN Fantasy Podcast. Paige Demacos, Jamie Eisner, and Jake Arians. We're all here together this week. Jake has a new niece, like we talked about, new baby. Nephew, nephew, nephew. Nephew, nephew. nephew, yeah, nephew. Yeah. We're very excited about uh, adding to adding to the little clan. So that's that's good news. And baby's healthy, which is very important. Um, but we have a ton of news to get into because a head coach was fired in the NFL. A old quarterback is starting for his old team. There's a a big Thursday night football matchup with some playoff implications in the NFC. And we have some waiver wires for all of you that are going into the postseason because it is postseason play. Uh, There are a few people that have tweeted at me that said they are not. It's not postseason for them. I get it. Your league sucks. Too bad. Then too bad. Because for most people that play in regular leagues, this is when the postseason starts.
0: Also, to be fair, all this advice would still apply. it. It doesn't part. matter. you trying a, to win this week. I would. That, that was more so,
1: more so my argument back was why does it matter? Like if you're playing in the postseason, you're 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 playing to win, which you should be doing on a week to week basis anyway. So we will get into that. But the first thing we're going to talk about is something that we alluded to last week, and that was. The fact that Jake has kind of an insight into new ownership in Carolina. And, and when we talked about the fact that they obviously had a good start to the season, fizzled out, were playing a Washington team that's not very good. They really got their butts handed to them at home. Not a very, you know, obviously a big loss for that football team and for that organization. Takes them really out of playoff contention for this season. And, and more so the fact that we this organization is in flux, right? And, and we thought last year, Ron Rivera's job was a little bit on the hot seat. And coming into this year, it was again. But I thought there might be a dynamic of, we don't have our starting quarterback. We're starting somebody who's unproven. We've weathered the storm and been okay. I understand that the, that the loss to Washington's a bad one, but they haven't been a terrible football team. And Ron Rivera is a hell of a coach. But... Ron Rivera gets fired. It looks like Carolina is going in a new direction. So, Jake, I want you to react to the news of Ron Rivera being fired because I know you're a big fan of him as am I. Uh
2: The person and the coach. I think he's done a hell of a job, and that was a damn good team for six or eight weeks there. Like They started off terrible with Cam Newton, made the switch to Kyle Allen, won, what, five in a row to start it off? Yeah. Uh, and, and then they, they hit the skids a little bit, but they've had a tough schedule. This was a bad loss uh, at home to get – basically dusted by a really, really, really bad team. That is not an unRon Rivera-like thing because he doesn't lose a lot of games like that. Uh, but we said going into the season, I mean, this team was probably going to take a step back. The defense is aging. Uh, you guys know I'm a fan of the owner and the way that he likes to do things, the way that he made his money. If you don't know the story, go look it up. He's a minority uh, owner for the Steelers, uh, a small part for a little while until he bought the Panthers, wrote a check for the Panthers. He didn't even go, like, finance stuff and, like, get a team together. He wrote a check. He's that kind of dude. He's building basically uh, the Panthers' version of the star in Carolina, apparently, uh, for their workout facility, training facility, and he wants to win. And he is in your face, no bones about it. This is how I want to get it done. He wanted to get a jump on things. He knew he was going to go in a different direction. I don't think it really mattered how the season ended unless they made a playoff run that went deep. Um, I think he was ready to do something different. I think Ron Rivera, if he wants to be, will be coaching in the NFL next year as a head coach. I think. Very highly of them. You guys, we talked about last week, I think Dallas would be a great landing spot if they decide to move on from Jason Garrett. Uh, just the way that Ron does things and the way that his success has always translated year-to-year injuries, whatever it was, that team was always solid, very Baltimore Raven-like, right? They, they're never going to go 4-12. and A bad year is that they're going to go 7-9, 8-8, and then they got a chance to make a run. And that was with Cam Newton and his ups and downs. I think the ownership is also ready to move on from that. I think he's ready to blow the whole thing up, build it in the image that he wants, uh, and start over and he's going to do the way he wants to do it. And uh, like I said, there's, there's awesome stories about this dude risking it all. I mean, he, he's a no-risk-it-no-biscuit owner uh, from that standpoint, and he's ready to do it the way he wants, and he's already made the move. So all the best to Ron Rivera, who I have a ton of respect for as a person and a coach, and and, and all the best the world to Mr. Tepper, who's going to build this thing the way that he wants. He now owns the team. One of the best parts about being an owner is doing that, whatever the hell you want, so we'll see what he wants to do.
1: Yeah, you definitely get to do whatever the hell you want, and whether or not he regrets moving on from Ron Rivera is, is will t- only time will tell. Jamie, your thoughts on, on him getting fired and what this means for Cam Newton long-term? Because obviously... Most people sit in the in the conversation of Cam Newton will not be playing in Carolina next year. But now that they move on from Ron Rivera, it seems like whatever slim chance was there is probably gone now.
0: Yeah, it appears to me that ownership is ready for, as Jake said, basically a fresh start with their own guys, their own personnel, their own decision makers. And at that point, step down from their those decision makers, players. Uh, and I think, that, you know, you make this move here. And, and in some ways, I think it could actually help Ron Rivera a little bit. Uh, because, again, like Jake said, if he wants to coach next year, he'll be there, and he'll have an opportunity now. The other teams know that he's available early on, and they'll be able to make those decisions ahead of time. Plus, they can get started on hiring Mike McCarthy, which is what I think they're going to end up doing there. For Cam Newton, the issue there is I don't see a fit for him in Carolina, but I don't see an easy fit for him outside of Carolina right now anyway. Part of it is I have no idea what his level of health is. It's not just for the, the foot injury and stuff he was dealing with this year it's the health of the shoulder that he dealt with at the end of last season and had surgery on in the offseason. If he is healthy, he is still worthy of being a starting quarterback somewhere in the league. If he is not, and he is the Cam Newton that we have seen basically from the middle half of last year until they put him on IR this year, he's not worthy of being a starting quarterback anywhere, even with some of the quarterback issues that teams have. So not knowing that, it becomes difficult. I know everybody's screaming Chicago, but...
2: That makes no sense. That's not
0: happening. And look, if you're going to, to make which, by the way, is a much tougher decision than any fan wants it to be. But if you're going to make an extremely tough decision, as bad as he's played, to move on from Mitch Trubisky, you're not doing it for Cam Newton.
1: I'm sorry. You're doing it no. because – It's new. It's not happening. A star it's, not, it's a non-star. Player, yeah.
0: A star player has to fall in your lap, or something has to happen where you have the ability to move up to a top two pick, or something crazy. You're not doing that, that either.
2: You traded up to take Mitch, to yeah. taking yeah. two ahead of Deshaun Watson and Mahomes. You are stuck with him. Yes. They are not moving on. He is playing quarterback if he's healthy for Chicago Bears for at least two more years until his fifth year option comes up. Period. End of story. Not happening. I don't give a damn about Cam Newton or anybody else that comes available. I mean, by the way, if Miami's drafts Tua or Joe Burrow or whoever it is, and they're looking for a stop gap in between because they don't think he's ready, is Fitz magic better than Cam? Yeah. I'll stand on my I'll stand up and say that all day long. The Cam Newton that's, that's right in front of us today, with a Liz Frank coming off, if he can't run he has no, he might as well retire
1: the the problem with the cam Newton conversation is that everybody is in love with what could be and what could be is what is what was. is MVP well, cam. What, was, eh. what was what was eh. it yes.
2: was it what was for one year other than that yes. it was eh. yeah.
1: yeah no it's it's not I think there is an overvaluation of of cam in the especially in social media when you're talking about it's Superman cam it's MVP cam. Okay, how much of that Cam have we really seen and how much of more recently I have to look at the body of work that I remember over the last 18 months, which is Cam Newton can't stay healthy, Cam Newton can't throw a football, and Cam Newton can't run. I'm sorry, he's not a better option than Mitchell Trubisky right now. I get it. I watch it. That's the team I root for. I understand Mitch's problems, but I'm telling you right now, the version of Cam that we saw in the first two games of the season this year is not better than Mitch. It's not. I understand you want it to be, and, and I get it. I've seen him mock there a million times. It's it just, if Ryan Pace makes that move, I I, I will Florida be. Ryan Pace has
2: done a hell of a job as the GM there, other than Trubisky. Yes. But yes. that's what, that's what the, the direction they wanted to go. They moved up from three to two to make sure San Francisco didn't do it. All the accounts were that they weren't going to do it. That doesn't look good right now. But other than that, he's done a hell of a job. He's not making this move. No, he's not. And I've he's seen not. articles like you could give up a two or a three to get Cam. Why yeah. in the hell would Chicago give up a two or three when they got issues? They got offensive line issues.
1: No, they can't. It just it doesn't make any sense. And and I truthfully, like Jamie said, there is so much. There are so many variables here when we are talking about Cam Newton because truth be told, we don't know what we're gonna see from Cam until we see it. Because by the way,
2: Cam ain't coming for less than twenty million a year. Mitch Trubisky's well, on a rookie quarterback contract.
1: There's also you that. You can part.
2: build that entire team around him for two more years before you've got to pay him. If they did any better than this, you ain't got to pay him a whole lot either. Cam ain't coming for less than $25 million,
1: Yeah. Is there, are there any other teams, Jamie, where you look at it and you go, okay, even if we get, let's put it at 50% of, of Superman Cam, right? We get, a, we get a semi-healthy version of Cam Newton.
2: If you get a 50%, I'm going to cut you off, Jamie. You get 50% in the NFL because he can't play.
1: Okay. If 70- he can't run at
2: 75% of the way he used to run, he can't play in the NFL. He can't throw. He's not a pocket passer. That's the problem with these dual threat guys that can't then stand in the pocket. He's never been able to do that. That's not his game. You have to build an entire offense around him, which they've done, which they're doing with Lamar Jackson. It's, it, unless that's the case. And he ain't going somewhere to be a backup.
1: So where does he go? I'm going to let you take it then, Jake. If, to the if crib.
2: He- Call it a day. Retire mm-hmm.
1: Is that what Please. you think is going to happen, or is that what you think should happen? Because I think they're two different things. What do you think is going to happen? You're talking about
2: a dude with a gigantic ego that's made a ton of money that could be a Carolina Panther and be a hero. Because all of his, I mean, for all the antics, man, the dude does an unbelievable job in the community off the yes, field. He does, he does, it, he does it low he does key. A job. He does it low key, and he doesn't want all this, the hype that he wants for his fashion. He does an unbelievable job in the community. He'll always have that in Carolina. He's not going to go play four more years as a backup that plays three or four games here and there, and he's making $4 million. That's not who he is. Okay. I, I can't, if, I, and I don't see a team that's going to say, we're going to give Cam Newton $25 million on a one-year deal to come be our quarterback. Unless there's big-time injuries in these last four weeks going into this offseason, everybody's pretty set. Yeah, Aren't I mean, they? I mean, Cincinnati Bengals? You that's think Cam's, Cam's going to go to the Bengals? That's the only one that isn't. And, 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 cause, I mean, I'm looking through this
0: right now. If Cam Newton doesn't want
2: to be and a backup. And they're going to draft one, by the way.
0: Yes, and they absolutely need to. Um, but if, if, if Cam Newton doesn't want to be a backup, that's the only team I can see. Uh, but he ain't better than Andy Dalton. Why would the Bengals even
2: do that? I don't think Andy Dalton's going to be there next year. No. So. I know he's not, but I'm saying he's not better than Andy Dalton.
0: No. So like I don't I don't see another option because either the, the other teams either have a young quarterback or about to draft a young quarterback or he's gonna be a backup. Like mm-hmm. if you want to go like if he wants to do the high upside backup that has with shaky starter, maybe Detroit, maybe Los Angeles Chargers, maybe teams like that, but yeah. he has to accept the that Rams, Baltimore Yeah, you yep.
2: can't play on their offenses. Yeah. If if Phillip Rivers goes down, Cam Newton doesn't step in. The they got to change everything they do. What are you going to have two offenses you build the whole offseason? One, if your quarter, your starter gets hurt, which he, he doesn't because he plays every game. And two, we got to build a one for your backup? No, that doesn't, that's not how this works.
1: So does he the, end up, so, so does he stay in Carolina? Like, what happens here? Like, honestly, no, I'm looking I'm No, looking because whatever coach comes them. in
2: is going to want, if Mike McCarthy gets that job, he ain't playing with Cam Newton.
1: Oh, I know that for a fact. Like, that, that, that offense is not going to have Cam Newton in it because he's not going to change what he does and Cam cannot do what Mike McCarthy wants him to do. Um well So well, no.
2: I mean yeah. he, I don't who are they going to hire. No. I mean he wants to get a jump on whoever this is. Is it Lincoln Riley? I don't think he's running that offense. He might
1: So Who's the coach here? right? We'll move off the cam stuff. Who's the coach here? If you had to take a guess right now, they're obviously moving on from Ron Rivera now because they want to get a jump on these conversations, which is what we've talked about in the past. If you're going to make that move, you should make it earlier because in all reality, you need to start having these conversations. They're not going to be official, but they are going to happen behind the scenes. And is it Mike McCarthy? Is it who is? Who? I don't think
2: it. I don't think it's Mike McCarthy. I mean, you're talking about a dude that was in love with the Steelers, the Steeler way. He wants to do everything that way. He was a part owner of the Steelers. Like that is his deal. Okay. I can see him wanting to hire a young defensive coordinator like Ron Rivera and build it in his image, i.e., San Francisco's defensive coordinator input other hot name.
1: Okay, that makes sense. Uh, you know.
2: I can see him totally doing that. Now what that list of candidates looks like, the whole coaching pool list of candidates is going to be all over the map. Like all over the place. I have, I have no clue what they're going to do, who the top guys are going to be for this. And then going back to what I said, that I don't think that the giants are going to move on. Hell, it sounds like they might, I, I, I might have to go back on that. I still don't think they will. Cause it doesn't make sense to what they do, but when they fired Ben McAdoo, and there was a lot of stuff going on with that. That wasn't just the wins and losses. I keep seeing that Pat Shermer is so much less than the McAdoo was at the same twenty-eight game mark. There was so much else going on with McAdoo. Uh, but they might. Who? I mean, this is getting really interesting with a quarter of the season to go. It feels like the season's almost over because fantasy football's coming to the playoffs in the end. But we got a lot of football left to play.
1: Yes, we do. Yeah. Yes, we do. So, Jamie, your thoughts on? Do you think it's who do you think who do you think gets the job, but who do you think makes sense? Right? I mean,
0: again, I, I don't know. I mean, the name the the names have come up. The same names have come up all the time. I mean, Mike McCarthy's name has come up there for every I, I don't, job. Yeah, every for every job. job, as it should. Although I think the best fit still in Cleveland for him next year. I um, agree. Yeah, I don't know because I don't know what this offense is going to look like. Besides, you I mean you have a great you have the running back you're building around. You have the receivers that you can build around. At least two of them. I mean, one of them is DJ Moore. But I don't know what the quarterback situation looks like. I'm not ready to decide that Will Greer is just deserves to just get handed this no, job. Have next no year. idea what he looks. Kyle like. Allen shouldn't be a starting quarterback. Like he's a fine backup, did a damn good job, but shouldn't be your starting quarterback if you're actually trying to win anything of significance. So, I mean, a lot of it's going to depend on who the quarterback is, and you're going to have to pick the coach before you pick the quarterback. So you're going to have to pick a coach that you trust to make that decision for you.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think this would be a really interesting one to, to pay attention to. And I, I, I said it yesterday when, when this happened and I put it out on social media, I said, there's a good chance they live to regret this because this is, Ron Rivera is a really, really good coach. And you're going to, the, the pool for great coaches every year, every, everybody always thinks the grass is always greener. Like we're going to find a better guy. The 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 pool is small, and it's and right now you're looking at a lot of the hot candidates that came out last year, and even some of the guys that everybody was in love with finding Sean McVay. Yeah, the Rams aren't in a great position moving forward from a draft capital standpoint. From they're on the outside looking in right now. Like you have to be careful what you're when you're looking about not just right now. And I. I know that this new ownership's aggressive, which I like the behavior, but with that aggressiveness comes the consequences of being aggressive sometimes, and we'll see how this all shakes out for him and, and the Carolina Panthers moving forward. You have a
2: weird dichotomy there, too, with a very aggressive owner that wants to build the star like Jerry Jones and wants to have this marketing, and I think Ron is solid, but he ain't sexy. He's not. No, sexy. But Carolina he's is a lying. small market, and Carolina's not sexy. Like I, but he's going to want to make that splash. So I think the reason he did it early was to be able to go out and throw the money around, get somebody that's going to be exciting, a lot like the Arizona Cardinals. I mean, that could look a lot like this, mm-hmm. going and getting some young offensive guy, trade up and get a quarterback. And, yeah, we'll take our lumps for a little while, but we're going to build it. We're going to be exciting. We're going to be all over the news because we get the first pick or whatever it is, right? I, just, I could totally see that happening with him.
1: I but did I not. Think that
2: leaves a yeah. giant wild card out there of what they're going to do because he's going to be aggressive.
1: Yeah. It, it's, it's exactly what we talked about with Arizona. Like we get the, we understand we all live here. We get it. We understand the gamble and the, and the marketing behind, Hey, we're going to be talked about at this high level. And I understand Carolina, very similar, smaller market in the same, in the same type of scenario. The problem is it could work out really bad or it can work out really well. The Cliff Kingsbury story is still being told. We thought things were trending in the right direction, came off a of buy and got his mouth just kicked in by the LA Rams so there's there, we have to figure out what there's a lot to, to learn from kind of what Arizona did and we're we're still in that process it looks like it could turn out well but we don't know time will tell uh Kyle Shanahan does not grow on trees guys like good luck finding the next guy that's going to be like yeah no, but can
2: you imagine like that's what they did the first time but they got Cam they yeah. were relevant marketing-wise for the NFL being in, the sh- in Charlotte, other than they oh, had Cam. So it was like they need to do that again because Cam's not moving the marketing meter anymore. And I think they feel like they need to do that with another guy. Now, who no, that true. is, who knows? But I could totally see them wanting to do that because that's the image that he wants to build this thing in. Well,
1: we, like I said, time will tell how this all shakes out, but I see the the marketing aspect is an interesting one to bring up as we move forward and pay attention to what's going to happen here. All right, the other big piece of news here is that we, we alluded to it a little bit with the, with the Pat Shermer kind of conversation and more so the old quarterback being able to take an opportunity again. And that is that Pat Shermer has said it is most likely that Eli Manning will play this weekend for the New York Giants. What that means for this team moving forward is, you know, it's there's interesting arguments to have to both sides. I want to keep it fantasy-related to begin with, and then we can talk about the other dynamics. What are the fantasy implications, Jamie, I'll let you take this first, for starting Eli versus Daniel Jones?
0: Well, you'll like this page because we talked about this pre-show. It's that Saquon Barkley now, I think, goes to an elite RB1 versus a low-end RB1, which is where I had him this week because Eli's going to check down a lot more than Daniel Jones has been checking down. And and you've seen a complete difference in the way, not just the injury, but the way he's been used in the passing game uh, when they made the switch from Eli to Daniel Jones. That's probably the biggest one. I mean, we're still waiting to see if Golden Tate's going to play this week or not. Uh, you know, Shepard and Slayton are going to be there. So I guess maybe being curious about what Darius Slayton's role is, because he hadn't really shown much with Eli Manning in the short time that he, those two have been together and starting at the same time. But the big one here is that you're feeling a lot more confident about going into your fantasy playoffs with Saquon Barkley or your RB1 this week than you have been the last few weeks.
2: Yeah, if Ingram plays, they've got chemistry. There's going to be a lot quicker, get it out of your hand, short route kind of stuff. So I like Golden Tate if he plays. I like Ingram if he plays. But they've both been banged up. Who knows? I love your point about Saquon, uh, but it's all ugly. Just like Gardner Minshew gives the Jacksonville Jaguars a much better chance to win than Nick Foles. Because our offensive line's not playing very good. He can move around he makes plays. And it makes all of those other guys more fantasy relevant. That's what Daniel Jones has done for this team. That's why I don't think Pat Shermer should be fired or even the conversation of being fired in year two when they're playing a rookie quarterback. Uh, you're going to see the difference when Eli is completely immobile in this pocket and going to look like Tom Brady that if you get close to a blow on him, he falls down. Well, Daniel Jones has shown extreme athleticism, run all over the place, made plays, yes, he's made some mistakes, he's fumbled a ton, he's thrown some picks, but he's made them relevant. And they've been a lot better with Daniel Jones than they were with Eli Manning. You're talking about a completely desperate Eagles team on Monday Night Football. And maybe you see a flash of brilliance from Eli one more time. But I don't know who it makes more fantasy relevant other than Saquon. Because he's going to get the one to get the ball out of his hands. He ain't going to want to get hit. He ain't been hit in a long time, guys.
1: Yeah, he hasn't been hit in a long time. But doesn't this, Jamie, you, you and I texted back and forth and then had a moment before the podcast just – what could be here, right? What are the storylines that come about here? Because one is the New York media. Two, Daniel Jones started off hot, but has has a fumbling problem. Has not been great over the last few weeks. Uh, the move to Eli and the potential for him to throw all over what is a very bad secondary. And if if it does, if we get one more glorious Eli moment. What are the implications from this? Because I think New York will burn.
0: So despite the fact that I'm starting the Eagles defense in the fantasy playoffs, so I don't want that to happen, there are two really juicy storylines that, again, have a low percentage chance, but have a chance to come out of this game. Uh, One is the complete Eagles tire fire. If they somehow are not able to win this game on Monday Night Football against Eli Manning and they fall to what would they be at that point? Five and eight?
1: Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh,
0: Then – They're just the disaster that's going to happen in Philly, which would be hilarious to watch happen. Uh, I'm excited for the fan base to try to work out scenarios to figure out how they can trade for Nick Foles and get him back because you know what's going to happen. You know what's going to happen. It's going to be out there on Twitter uh, if this happens. Then on the other side, the ability for the New York media to just kind of float the idea that there might be a QB controversy for the rest of the year and maybe Eli should stick around and all this other interesting stuff that shouldn't happen and won't happen and the organization's not going to really consider, but stuff that's just going to be talked about all week, Uh, I'm all for it. Because, again, it's going to be on national TV, Monday Night Football, ESPN's going to build it up coming in and coming out of the game. Whatever happens is going to be newsworthy.
2: The only problem I see with that whole scenario is there have got a bunch of proud New York assholes, and there's no other way to say it in the media, who have crushed Eli for years and called for Daniel Jones and called for whoever other than Eli. If he plays great, there's no way that many of them are doing an about face and raising the glory flag one more time for Eli. I cannot see it happening. Maybe a couple of them, but there's too many of them because their fans are a lot like the people listening to those shows are a lot like those hosts. They're going to call in and and bust their balls for all of it. If any of them turn about face and say, oh, maybe they shouldn't have gone to Daniel Jones. Maybe Eli should have been playing. Maybe he should stick around. I just, I I can't even fathom it. While it would be a phenomenal listen, I can't even get myself to go there because I can't picture any of them doing it.
1: I need a Stephen A. Smith rant like I need life. I need a, I need after this game to be turning on ESPN in the morning to watch first take in all its glorious stupidity, arguing about Daniel Jones and Eli Manning. Like Anything that can happen that's chaotic, that doesn't involve my team, I'm always rooting for. And Philadelphia, that's the more interesting part to me is if they lose that football game, what is it going to be like in Philly? Right, They already lost a terrible game on the road to Miami. If they lose this game, it's going to be whatever it was last week, just set that on fire because that's what it's going to be like for in Philadelphia. It'll it will be nuts. They'll be asking for Nick Foles back. We'll be hearing just the stupidest stuff. And I, I by the he, way, Carson
2: Wentz played great last week.
1: He did. We talked He's about it. Best. Carson Wentz looked great. He was yeah. not the problem. He put up over thirty points on the road. Your defense sucks. Figure it out, Philadelphia. And like they that, played great the week before. Yeah. And it's listen, your defense is an issue. It's a liability. And that could that could end up hurting you here as we talk about them in, in that matchup specifically with Eli. I wanna get into a couple of these last minute kind of waiver moves that you can make going into the postseason. Um, some of these quarterbacks potentially that you're you're thinking about picking up so jamie has a lovely article on si.com that you should all check out so give him a little plug he's a horrible writer but you should still check it out yeah um you're terrible advice. terrible tara gives terrible advice but we are going to use it to go through here and i'm most interested in the first name here jamie because it's ryan fitzpatrick and that's because he's 37 years old he will not go away it was his second straight twenty-three plus point performance, and the guy just—we kind of—he just is who he is, right? And we know he, we know what to expect from him. And what are some scenarios that might force you to start Ryan Fitzpatrick in in, in a fantasy playoff matchup this week? Well, it,
0: to me, like he's going to be end up being around. I'm going to update my rankings on the DraftNetwork.com. He's going to be around like QB seventeen for the week. So you're going to have to be in a deep league or in some two quarterback scenarios. league, yeah. But look, Baker Mayfield still isn't throwing yet. He says he's going to play, but he's not throwing yet. Josh Allen has a really tough matchup this week, uh, and there's some other quarterbacks like in that range that you might be iffy on. My point, if it's magic, is if again, if you're desperate, you're down, and you're you're in this point where you're looking in the the teams for where the best quarterback could be, is that obviously he's not going away. They continue to throw the ball a ton in Miami. They're not going to run the ball, Caleb. They weren't running the ball before Kalen Balaj got hurt, and they will continue to not run the ball now with Miles Gaskin and Patrick Laird. Um, the, it's going to be. Uh, it looks like it's going to be a beautiful day in New York, so there's not going to be any weather issues there. You put up 288 yards and three touchdowns against them uh, back in Week Nine. Um, I, am a, I actually think this is going to be a sneaky high-scoring game because Darnold plays better at home. They're both. Adam Gase just decides he hates the running game after about midway through the first quarter. <laughs> so I think there's going to be a lot of passing yards to go around in this game, and they're going to be throwing a ton. That if you're desperate, I think Fitzpatrick's definitely a top 20 quarterback this week.
2: I don't hate it, man. Look, the other thing with Fitz is he didn't care. He's going to sling it. If he throws a couple picks and you're in a league where you don't get totally penalized for that, I don't mind that play at all. I think, I think both him and Darnold are both really solid plays if you're looking for somebody off the waiver wire to look at this week that may put you over the top in the first week of the fantasy playoffs. I mean, that either one of them could do it because I agree with Jamie on how that game is going to go.
1: Listen, especially because of all the injuries we've had to starting quarterbacks this year and some of the some of the decline that's happened, I think of a Philip Rivers, a guy who's more consistent in years past, who hasn't been great. Listen, Fitzmagic is not a bad quarterback and like I said in Jamie's article, it has 23 points in two straight games, pretty favorable matchup, nice weather. All that leads to it could be a game with a lot of points. It could be fun to watch old Fitz magic. So the next one I want to talk about here is, is a running back scenario, and that's coming off an injury. Um, now, Dalvin Cook did say today that he is going to play, um, sh- suffered a shoulder injury. I had a heart attack watching that happen. I know Jake did as well because he also has Dalvin Cook first thing I did was run and get out and run and get Madison, right? I
0: think the most important thing that happened there is though is that when Dalvin Cook went out, uh, it prevented Jake from beating me and going undefeated in the regular season in oh, the TV
1: and Fantasy
2: League. That's- oh. It did, it did, and Jamie used his own advice to to put that down. Um, yeah. Yeah. I didn't play Rashad Penny, I wrote it out with, uh, with with Dalvin Cook, and Sammy Watkins got me a big fat zero, and Jamie handed me my first loss. Yeah. Uh, thanks to Paige and beating Ben Solak, I, I still won the did that for uh, regular season yeah. title. So I'm, uh, I'm happy with that because going undefeated, I've done twice in the past, and I didn't win either league. So I, w- I wasn't happy about that. But Jamie's dead on, and Paige, you were spot on. I sat on Madison all year in the TDM League and thought about moving him a couple times, and I went, no, I'm going to be in the playoffs. If Cook gets hurt, I love the player. Madison's so similar. They use him the exact same way. It is literally almost a plug-and-play handcuff. So while I'm a little bit worried about them both playing, I have a bye this week. Uh, In our our TDN league. But you're spot on with that one. That was a must-do. And I did my other league uh, that I'm going to playoffs. I did the same thing. As soon as I saw him go down, boom, hit the waiver wire, got him this morning. I was very excited about that because I love the player. That's a great handcuff.
0: So I do think it's going to be a little bit of a time split. Cook's going to play, I'd imagine, unless he suffers a setback between now and Sunday. But I think he's going to be limited a little bit. And for Dalvin cook, limited means 18 to 20 touches. Yeah. So he's still going to be a guy you have to start, and he's still going to be good. But I don't think he's going to be flirting with 30 touches like he usually does in in many of the weeks. So I think Alexander Madison is somebody that could get 15 touches in this game, maybe a little bit more. And if he is, that's someone that I think is very much flex consideration. And I know you don't want to hear that as an Alvin Cook owner, and you probably can't play both if you have him on your roster. Maybe you can. Uh, But he is someone that, if you again, is still available in 80% of leagues on ESPN for some reason I still don't understand.
2: Jamie, you've been screaming about it for a month.
0: Yeah. yeah. Handcuff these dudes
2: are still somebody else's handcuffs.
0: Yeah, I'm not the only one. This has been screamed about most fantasy experts have been screaming about this all season. I just Yeah,
1: because you've seen Madison. Movies. You yeah. know what you know what to expect. And and Dalvin Cook has had injuries. So you knew if this happened, I mean, and this luckily for him, it's not something with his knees or anything we've had in the in the past, but the shoulder injury is gonna be a concern as you move forward, especially because you can't afford it in the playoffs. You gotta yeah. you gotta be able to start your your guys, and I'm gonna be I have both of them. I have to start Dalvin Cook. Um, I'm not going to feel great about it because I know that he's going to be limited, but he says he's playing and it's Wednesday. So I have to play. And
0: it's Detroit. It's a great matchup. And yeah. you, you can't bench Dalvin Cook and watch him get to 30 points on your bench. No, but well,
1: I will toy with the idea of looking at who I have in my flex spots and going, okay. I have to look at this because if something does happen and Madison goes in, they are going to run all over this team. Yes, and they exactly. should,
0: again, should be up in this game and trying to salt out the clock in the fourth exactly. quarter. And at that point, they might say, all right, Dalvin, sit this one out for until next week. So we'll
1: see. It's Take a this for what
2: you think. But like you guys know how much I trust my eyes. And this is one thing I love about this many preseason games being on TV. I'm watching the Vikings play in preseason. You guys know how high I was on Dalvin Cook in the preseason. I watched like three runs and I was like, damn, he looks good. And I, then I realized it was Alexander Madison. And it wasn't Dalvin very Cook. Hair coming out the back. They look yeah. for. They, they had this gliding style. They catch it really well. And I went, "Oh damn, I'm I'm gonna if it's a deep league or I got a really good solid draft, I'm gonna draft him behind Dalvin Cook because I was going all in on Dalvin Cook. They look. I mean, they this is a very similar player. They use him the same way. I'm, literally, it's a plug and play type thing. And Dalvin Cook doesn't play the next week. Say you you get through this week or he gets hurt again and he doesn't play the next week. It, it's a must start because I think Madison, regardless of who they play, has a very solid game.
1: It's not a big drop-off. It's not. Yeah. Like, like Dalvin Cook's unbelievable, but Madison runs very – and there are, have been multiple times where that's happened where I go, oh, yeah, I get excited, and I go, yeah. oh, that wasn't Dalvin Cook. Yeah, like I mean, they, they look very similar. They run very similar. Now, Dalvin Cook – And the coaching staff back.
2: is committed to this regardless of who the running yes. back is. They're not putting it all on Kirk Cousins.
1: No. They, they want to were. control
2: the clock. They want their defense fresh. They want Kirk to play action off of that. So they're still, you're still going to get the same game plan with either guy.
1: Yeah, because Mike Zimmer fired a coach last year because he didn't do what he wanted to do, which was run the gosh darn football. Uh, Okay, wide receiver-wise, you have a guy that we've talked about numerous times, and I know he's still available, and that's James Washington. You saw a little bit of that chemistry. Uh, Obviously, they're going duck hunting together, so you know that is building chemistry, and they're going to stay with Hodges. Is this a guy you feel comfortable with, Jake, moving forward to to be probably in a flex category uh, uh, in the postseason?
2: Hell yeah, they're playing the Arizona Cardinals this week. Yep. Yeah, they're, they're averaging over 300 yards given up and freaking golf through for 700 in the first half last week. Like I, They had people running wide open. They didn't touch. Like, they came, That was the worst game I've seen coming out of a bye. That I picked them to win. I thought they were going to come out with some fancy stuff. The offense went back to what they did week one, week two, which is nothing what we're talking about now. I'm just going on a rant because I wasn't on Monday's show. Uh, but the defense is awful. And they haven't stopped the pass all year. And James Washington and Duck got chemistry. Washington's been hot. And they're going to have to throw it to beat the Cardinals. So, yeah, I I love it this week.
1: Trust me, you and me both. I I was excited to watch that Arizona Cardinals team, and I was very disappointed with what I saw. So you were allowed to rant there on that scenario. And that's why, Jamie, this week I love James Washington because of the matchup. Yeah, I'm
0: playing him this week in one of my playoff matchups. I'm a little bit wide receiver poor, so he's my second wide receiver option. But he's a legit wide receiver three this week. Since week nine, this has been coming for some time. He only has one game with fewer than eleven fantasy points. He's the wide receiver eighteen in that period of time, and look, he's getting—he's averaging five point four targets and fifteen and a half fantasy points per game. Like this has been coming off for some time. The Cardinals all, allow the second most points to fantasy wide receivers this year. He is going to go wild in this game. There is some chemistry there. I am not only do I feel confident, like you should, he was in my waiver wire column of picking him up. I'm confident starting him right away this week as a wide receiver three. Like he should be in your lineup.
1: Yeah, I have him. I started him over the last couple of weeks and I've been really happy with him in, in a two flex league to start James Washington because of some injuries. Um, he's been, he's been great. And the chemistry, I think it's there, it's there and it's a favorable matchup. So a good week to go into the postseason for, for James Washington. All right, let's round things out with the tight end position. Mike Giusecki, you have on your list here, Jamie, for the Miami Dolphins. What about Mike Giusecki do you like in this tight end group that's kind of been all over the place this year?
0: Well, he's starting to be a bigger role in the offense at this point. He's got six targets in the last – each of the past – I'm sorry, he's has at least six targets in each of his past five games. Wow. He had 14 in the last two weeks. Uh, they're looking to him in the red zone. I love the way they used him last week where they basically gave him like a jump ball uh, in the end zone that he came down with. He is becoming an option that Ryan Fitzpatrick is using a lot more often. He's finally starting to work his way into a more fantasy-relevant role after basically being irrelevant for a year and a half, his first year and a half in the league fantasy-wise. So he's somebody that, again, if you're outside those top 12 tight ends and you're starting to look for potential options, he's a top 15 tight end for me.
2: Yeah, they're going to throw it. They don't have a lot of options to throw it. He's basically a big receiver, and he looks like he's getting some chemistry with with Fitzmagic, and Fitzmagic doesn't even need chemistry. He's going to sling it. And they said, if he throws four picks, he did not mind throwing four more. He really is like, I've never seen a dude that's the ultimate gunslinger. Or he really doesn't care if he throws seven interceptions. he could get those seven touchdowns. But that means your second-best receiving option, or third-best receiving option, is going to get some targets. So I love it if you're outside that, that range that Jamie was talking about.
1: It's uh, the ultimate gunslinger is true. He does not care and is going to continue to throw the football, and that is for certain. All right, the last thing we're going to do here, guys, is we are going to preview Thursday night football. Like I said at the top of the podcast, some playoff implications here. Uh, The Bears are still in the hunt. The Cowboys are – at the top of their division, but like meh. Like I said on Monday's podcast, the NFC East doesn't deserve to be in the postseason. Like neither the Philadelphia Eagles or the Dallas Cowboys at this juncture are playing very good football. Uh, the Cowboys are a three-point favorite uh, on the road at Chicago. And before we preview this game, I need to have a moment where I just mock the Cowboys because they tweeted out their one of their official reporters tweeted out a bunch of photos of them preparing to go to Chicago practicing outside with what looked like it was about 70 degrees and sunny outside and i thought to myself I cannot believe that in any any remote possibility that you thought to yourselves, yeah, this is going to help us for what is the lake effect win in December in Chicago. Let me tell you something, Dallas is not going to help you. It's not. It's supposed to be pretty decent weather, but let me tell you, as somebody who lived in that city for most of my life, it could tell you tonight that it's are going like right before the game that it's going to be. Perfect weather, and two hours later, it could be sleeting. So there's no preparation that exists in Dallas that you can have for Chicago. So Yeah, I'll really- say this.
2: Whatever you did two weeks ago for New England, do the damn opposite. Yeah. Like, you weren't ready for that. That's and a good thing. that there's a lot you can do, but they obviously did nothing, including look at the forecast for what was going to happen in New England a couple weeks ago.
1: Yeah, they obviously they, did not. I just thought it was funny. They thought going outside in Dallas was going <laughs> to be helpful in preparing for Chicago. Uh, not the same. Uh sorry, you're going to have to you're going to have to prepare or go early so you know what it's like to get some of that wind coming off the lake uh, at Soldier Field. Jake, what do you see happening in this one because obviously we talked about Dallas, they need they need wins. This is a big one and they're going on the road and and although the Bears haven't been great this season, they are at home, the defense has been playing better, Mitch has been playing okay, and the weather could play a factor. <sighs>
2: It's tough. I mean, look, Chicago's defense has been given up some, and you can run on them at times this year, but they're still pretty damn good. Trubisky's been sneaky, and Jamie said this last week. Trubisky was a sneaky play last weekend, and he really was. He played really well. The three touchdowns brought him back for the win. They're at home, and I don't know what you get from this Dallas team other than their defense is way overrated and not playing up to their capabilities. I like the Bears game plan of Montgomery to get 17, 19 carries again last week. Um, I'm going to go with the Bears at home 24-23. I think they cover it, but I'm going to pick them to win. I, I just I, – I'm not – this – the whole NFC East is just at best. Actually, you do have the Bears covering because they're a three-point underdog.
1: Yeah, so you
0: really like That's them. That's what right. i have them, I have them
2: covering, but I'm going to pick them to win too. Yeah. Um,
0: so it's – this is a tough game because these are two teams that – Kind of suck and kind of just love to underperform in moments when they should perform. And the game plan for the Bears should be simple. It's run David Montgomery until like, his legs fall off in this yeah. game because you can run on the Cowboys at times. And uh, there are a couple of Cowboys fans that I know that I've talked to, and that's their biggest fear, is that, that the Bears just absolutely just run the ball down their throats and they don't give up on the game on the running game and just go for it.
2: This is just... By the way, that should be the Cowboys game plan, too.
0: It should be, but there hasn't been.
2: No, it's not at all.
0: I'm, I'm going to go the other way here only because I trust Dak Prescott more than I trust Mitchell Trubisky right now. And Trubisky's playing better, but I just – this the Cowboys offense can still put up a ton of points. And my concern is going to be if Dallas does have just a good game, if Dallas gets into the upper 20s, can the Bears match them offensively? And I'm not convinced that they can right now. So – I, this is—I mean—from a betting standpoint, this is a complete stay away from me. I'm going to take the the Cowboys to win and cover, but I don't feel great about it.
2: Yeah. No, it should be an absolute slugfest of run it, run it, run it. Both quarterbacks play action. Both quarterbacks are really good on the move. Take the ball out of their hands. No, no. Now December game in Chicago at night, like that's what. But I, I don't think either one of these offenses are going to do that. Yeah. I, I, I could be, and I agree with Jamie. If if the the Cowboys get in the upper 20s. The Bears shouldn't be able to hang around, but their defense hasn't proven to me at all that they can keep them from doing that. Trubisky's proven at times he'll keep them from doing that, but he's playing better. I I just think it's going to be fairly low scoring. I think it's going to be a slow game, or quick game, but slow because they're running it. Um, But there's no telling what we're going to see from these two teams. If the weather is decent, oh, shit, who knows?
0: But, I mean, these two quarterbacks are going to throw 70 times for no good reason. Like, yeah. I just know. They're going to combine for 70 throws for no reason whatsoever. Yeah, like, it and just, it's not
1: going to make any sense.
0: Which is why I have, like, no feel of this game.
1: I have I have no feel of this game other than, for whatever reason, I saw that line and I said, I just – I like, I, I get it. I understand Dallas – should be better but they haven't been and the trend for them is down and the trend for the bears of the last couple of weeks has been pretty good and i if they were on the road i would pick dallas to win by a touchdown honestly i'd be like yep they're gonna beat the bears very easily but at home in the cold i've seen what teams that don't prepare for that and like i said there's nothing dallas can do they play in a dome. You can't prepare for what it's like to, to play with the lake effect wind. You just can't. It, it Unless you play outside. By the way, different,
2: long grass. Like it's that's what I'm different, saying. It's a slower track. It's very it's different from what they're used to.
1: Very different from what they're and used to. And it's a Thursday
2: night, night game. I know they got a full week, but it's still a Thursday night game.
1: That's exactly right. There's also that aspect of going on the road on a Thursday night, and I still have a lot of confidence in this defense. They're actually giving up less points this year per game than they did last year, so I, I – I have a pretty good feeling about this. I'm not not as not as uh, intimidated. The the scary part is they're going to win these games that, and they're going to end up on the outside looking in, and it's not going to matter because the the middle of this uh, of the NFC is going to take care of business with Green Bay and, and Minnesota. But pretty interesting, the forever. Buccaneers
2: and Bears with better records than anybody that wins the NFC sitting there going, yeah, we probably got to look at this playoff thing.
1: Yep. Trust me, I've been fighting for that. I want the best teams in. I don't care what division. It's the same thing with the NBA where they talk about, like, listen, we're going to get away from the conferences even in general and we're just going to put the best teams in. To me, put the best – I don't care what division you're in or whatever. I want the best competition that you can put out there. So I know it's not going to happen this year, but it's something that I hope as a as a consumer of sports – I want the best possible teams there and that's why I saw even this morning uh Finebaum was going on a rant about how Utah doesn't deserve to be because nobody wants to watch Utah and I ret- put, like tweeted at him and I said I want to watch the best teams play football I don't care where they come from I get that you're have SEC bias but like Utah has seven guys on their defense that are going to go to the NFL this year
0: Yeah and also the committee set things up so that they have no chance of getting
1: in Yes like well, they set
0: things up that they've they've, they've, they've Put a red carpet out for Oklahoma, yeah,
1: so. which is a joke fest because they're going to get destroyed. Anyways, that we're not going to turn this into a college football <laughs> podcast. I could go on another. Unless
2: Georgia beats LSU and nothing changes, those four stay in.
1: True. Yes, that's very true, and and that could happen, right? It's very will be. I don't see it. I will not pick Georgia to beat LSU, but anything can happen in those conference games. That would be the
2: play. four best teams at this point. I almost kind of hope that happens, so the other ones sure. don't. Win.
1: Yeah, it, it would we'll it would definitely be the four best teams. Uh, Jake, any parting thoughts on today's pod?
2: No, looking forward to a good weekend. And thank God I'm in Arizona.
1: <laughs> Happy to
2: be home.
0: Jamie, any parting thoughts? Well, I do, actually. It's not some like philosophical BS that I usually end the show with. Uh, <laughs> I-, I wanted to give kind of people a point of reference. As you're starting to look at your lineups this week, and we, we talked about how on Monday's show kind of signing off is. You- these are a series of, for the most part, one-week seasons. Sometimes in the, fantasy pl- in the championship, it's two weeks. But right now it's a one-week season. And when you're trying to evaluate guys on your bench or maybe guys on the waiver wire and trying to figure out, like, well, how many points do I actually need from this guy? So I went up and looked today and kind of found the average point total that you were looking for. So for the average point total of the season for a QB 12, so to be basically a, a, the, the baseline for a QB 1 this year, is exactly 18 points. So at this point, if you're looking to get a starting quarterback in a 12 team league, you need your guy to get you at least 18 points. RB 24 this year, so to be an RB 2 or better, 11 and a half. it's all, This it all is it's, it's half PPR, by the way. If if, you, if there's some demand for standard or full PPR, hit me up on Twitter, at Jamie Eisner, and I'll get you whatever number you need. But RB 24 is 11 and a half fantasy points. Wide receiver 36, so be a wide receiver 3 or above, 10.3 fantasy points. Interesting. To be a wide receiver 24, so 2 or above, 12.3. To be a tight end 12, 7.3. So those are, the, I'll go over again again. To be a QB1, the base number is 18. RB2, the base number, 11.5. Wide receiver 3, 10.3. Tight end 1, 7.3. So those are the average numbers this year up to this point, through the first 13 weeks, They get you to that point. So those are the numbers that you're looking for. So when you're debating on your bench whether or not I need to play this guy or do I want a high-risk guy, do I want a high-floor guy, these are the number, average numbers that you need to to get into that category. So okay. just keep these numbers in mind. Good, good,
1: good. Yeah. Look at that. Look at Jamie come in with no philosophical BS. He said, yeah. but he's got stats and numbers for you. Uh, my parting thoughts are you should go check out Jamie's rankings on the DraftNetwork.com. You should read some of his stuff that he's putting out on SI. Cause it's really good. Uh, all jokes aside about him being a bad writer. He's actually a really, really good writer. So I'll, 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 end on a nice, I'll, I'll end on a nice note for Jamie. Cause the, that rarely ever happens. So Jake, how can everybody follow you on social media?
2: Jake B. Arians on Twitter.
1: Jamie? Follow me at
0: Jamie Eisner on Twitter, and then keep an eye on the draftnetwork.com because I will update my rankings at least once, if not twice, before Thursday Night Football kicks off.
1: All right, we're going to have some updates. Like you said, draftnetwork.com. You guys can follow me at the underscore sports page with an eye on both Twitter and Instagram. You can follow the show at TDN Fantasy underscore on Twitter and at TDN Fantasy on Instagram.
0: You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24 7 customer support for worry free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
1: You know, when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks?